This is Take 10, and we're delighted you join us for this segment. Comes to you every week with me, Ron Aaron, Dr. Jamie Heisman, our nationally known psychotherapist and expert on caregiving and on addictions, and Carol Zerniel, ordinarily here, our co-host on special assignment for Wellman Medical Management, dealing almost 24-7 with the COVID-19 coronavirus. And that brings us to the Take 10 topic for today. We talked last week about stress overload. We talked a couple of weeks ago about the role of mindfulness and breathing and trying to relieve stress. And one of the things, Dr. Jamie, that just amazes me is how adaptive and adaptable human beings are. We went from a world in which people got up, they got dressed, they had a little breakfast, went to work, kids went off to school, caregivers took care of their care recipient. If they had to go out, they went out. We're now in a world where nobody goes anywhere, and we're adapting. We're adapting. Yeah, we're adapting, Ron. But but I, I saw a story just the other day that tears your heart out. An ER doc in New York City killed herself because she couldn't deal anymore with, with the overload and the lack of uh, uh, help they have for patients. So folks at home uh, are really going to face some uh, difficult decisions when they reach a point where they think there's no hope. Ron, this is the creation, germination, incubation of post-traumatic stress disorder. And post-traumatic stress disorder, we've come to liken with, obviously, the military who are in war zones and dealing with minefields and bombs and people dying in front of them. When I work with cops and firemen, uh, EMTs, it's about people running into burning homes while people are running out. And so this time of COVID and anxiety and the trauma that it seems to be germinating, creating in the personal psychological self is also triggering unresolved issues of trauma from childhood and our development from years past. So this is a, a total, like, mind-blowing sort of uh, nexus of, of trauma that we're creating. When you see old trauma coming back, uh, unresolved trauma, uh, our brain, I guess, works in mysterious ways. Why would you even want to bring that up? Well, it's a real good reason, to, because a lot of people who do survive trauma, let's say the obvious ones, like physical, sexual abuse, you know, emotional trauma, um, car accidents, whatnot, people who actually emerge out of trauma sometimes emerge totally, not unscathed, I don't say that, but they have two feet on the ground, are able to do real trauma recovery work, interventions, if you will, and somehow move on in their lives, albeit challenged, but albeit grow from it. Others who have childhood trauma that's unresolved, or I call the pre-morbid clinical sense, where we were prior to the trauma occurring, we go into this with one foot on the ground, falling all over the place when the wind blows. So we really emerge out of this more deeply traumatized with less likely to, to be able to pull ourselves out of it. So the childhood trauma needs to be worked through. I've talked about this in our caregiving show all the time, is that when we get triggered with our caregiving today, it may bring up these ghosts and goblins of the past. Give us the 411 then on how we can practice breathing exercises and mindfulness as a way to uh, stabilize ourselves and to uh, give us a better footing in this crazy world. Well, I think if the listener really takes this in and understands that as a psychologist, I'm not talking to you about Sigmund Freud or Carl Jung, uh, or psychoanalytic theory. I'm not talking about any psychobabble that they might think is shame and stigma or mumbo-jumbo. I'm talking about the mind-body connection, the physiology of the, of the body, 
the vagus nerve, which is the really the nerve that goes from our base of our brain down through our bodies and touches our, our major organs. And so the listener understands the vagus nerve is a crucial part in our overall health and healing. Literally, if we do interventions and we do things that allow our vagus nerve to be stimulated and our chemistry shifts and change, like mindfulness, like breath work, like gratitude or journaling, these things are grounding techniques that really kind of stimulate our vagus nerve, our autonomic nervous system. So it allows us to feel safe rather than be in the mode of fight, flight, or freeze. And that's back to the caveman, fight, flight, or freeze. Ron, it was a great thing. Honest to gosh, things that happened in the evolution of, of mammals, if you will, happened for a reason. In the olden days, fight, flight, or freeze created the survival of our species. If we saw a saber-toothed tiger or a dinosaur or whatnot up in front of us, we were able to run and our species would be able to save, uh, be saved. But, you know, interesting theories, I don't think to take a whole other show to talk about it, that said maybe it wasn't the strongest that did survive in evolution. Maybe it was those who were calm, safer, who had their vagus nerve, let's say, stimulated or felt that the vessel of themselves had two feet on the ground and could be kind and could get through. Because humans, don't forget, we're little kind of people, you know, as compared right. to giant dinosaurs. Good little dinosaur. I won't hurt you. Good little dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Talk to dinosaur. us. So awareness is important, Ron. That's what I'm saying. Awareness and taking care of our vagus nerve through these interventions. How then do we practice mindfulness, which means what? Well, mindfulness in and of itself is literally, um, I, I, it's paying attention in the moment, okay? It's being able to watch our thoughts. It's being able to watch the anxiety of our thoughts that are traveling in all different directions. Mindfulness is like meditation where not only are we able to kind of watch our thoughts, but we're able to wheel them back in to be present in the moment, to have clarity. You see, whereas the, uh, you know, the old caveman days, it was okay not to have empathy and compassion and to run like hell. Today, we need to have be proactive and not reactive. So mindfulness is about meditation. But breath work, which is not necessarily mindfulness, but the use of our, our breath, which is the only thing that we can control in the autonomic nervous system, is also a grounding technique. So you can have meditation. You can have a grounding technique like breath work. And you can have, you know, journaling and, and gratitude uh, development. And all of these are things which tap the vagus nerve. And, and to do breath work, and I've been uh, privileged to be on a, uh, a WebEx meeting with several hundred people where you lead us through practicing breath work, it, it's really pretty simple to do. Why does it work? Well, it's fascinating. In our world of fight, flight, or freeze, Ron, um, we really have to understand the role of the breath. Um, when we fight, flight, or freeze, our breath becomes irregular, erratic, we tend to hold it, it doesn't circulate into our lungs, into our organs and whatnot. And breathing, breathing, and interesting enough, the COVID virus is all about that as well. Breathing and learning breathing techniques is important. You see, the fight, flight, or freeze response here is basically driven by what the old, I don't want to get too deep, but it's called the polyvagal theory, where social engagement, way we socialize, that's why there's isolation in homes right now during this COVID time, should not be emotional isolation. This, this social engagement issue is so important to us to keep connected, even if we're not face-to-face, because social engagement, or lack thereof, creates this fight or flight, and then we shut down. And what the breath does 
is it hits the shutdown, literally, in our, Paris, our, our, our vagus nerve and allows us to open up, allows us to feel safer with ourselves rather than getting this fight, flight, or freeze response. And when we do the breath exercise, we've got about a minute left. Walk us through that quicker than you would ordinarily. Well, there's a lot of different grounding techniques that use the breath. Because, again, as I mentioned, the breath is the only part of our autonomic nervous system we can't control. So being very mindful and being connected to our breath as a solution, as an antidote, is very important. But there's three ways that really uh, the, the breath really works, and I'll do it as quickly as I can to create the mind-body connection. Breath work grounds us on two feet, okay? Breath work transforms our body's chemistry. You felt it when you did it. You once said it shifts your body chemistry. It shifts the hormonal sort of output. And breath work returns control back to you, okay? It takes out that out-of-control feeling and brings the control back to you using our beautiful breath. And, and it's a way in which we can then feel grounded. We do. Because, again, you can accept any sort of crises on one leg and blow over. Okay, just picture it. But like the martial arts and why the stance is so important with two legs, breath work grounds us on two feet. So when hell and damnation and the tidal wave and hurricanes and epidemics are around us, we literally can be on those two feet. Perfect. And when we're not on two feet, we can do the breath work to transform our body chemistry. Thank you. Dr. Jamie Heisman, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on Take 10.